0: We are back on the KYMN Morning Show. Joining us now in our studio is the superintendent of schools here in Northfield, Dr. Matt Hillman. Matt, good morning. Good morning, Jeff. Happy Tuesday morning. Thank you so much for coming in today and bearing gifts as well. Yes. Got some twin souvenirs. There you go. Uh, Let's talk about last night you had a a meeting uh, for the uh, school board. Big topics were uh, uh, some proposed budget cuts, and we've talked about those. We'll get to those in just a moment or so. Uh, but let's start off with some other stuff. You've announced some new hires.
1: Yeah, and actually it's, it's existing employees going into some new roles, Jeff. So mm-hmm. uh, as many people know from listening to Men, Joel Olson, uh, our high school activities director, is going to be the new principal at Faribault High School. Um, many people know that uh, Joel is a proud graduate of Faribault High School, so it's an exciting opportunity for him to go home and to serve his uh, community in that way and so we're excited for Joel we're grateful for the service that he has provided for the district over the last four years as our activities director and he will be missed but we of course wish him luck in his new endeavor that he begins on July 1st and uh, last week we completed the hiring process for that position and the name that I'm about to share will uh, be very familiar to our listeners so I'm really happy to share that Bubba Sullivan, a longtime Northfield High School English teacher and football coach, a Northfield High School graduate, of course, will be our new activities director beginning on July 1st. So uh, as many people know, Bubba is passionate about uh, helping students grow and using activities uh, as a vehicle to do that. So we could not be more thrilled to have Bubba move into that role on July 1st.
0: Yeah, that, uh, yeah of course, Bubba was uh, inducted into the Football Coaches Hall of Fame
1: yes, he this was. past
0: year after a long and successful career with the Northfield Raiders, though he piled up a lot of wins as football coach. But I'm sure Bubba will tell you that his success has come um, not just uh, on the field, but in the classroom and just in within the lives of uh, the students that uh, you get the opportunity to teach.
1: Yeah, I think Bubba is one of those... Um, the icons of understanding that we run an educational-based athletics and activities program and that our activities are designed to help students grow and become the adults and leaders um, and you know people who are going to uh, do big things for us in the coming years, and we all know we need that. And so Bubba's commitment to that, to the development of the uh, student first in this case through student activities uh that is the way that he is able to really help see kids uh, achieve their dreams and so we're so excited to have him leading our activities department
0: yeah i think he has the right demeanor for that absolutely as well.
1: he's going to be outstanding
0: all right we wish him the best and we wish joel olson once again the best yes. in the it's cool that he gets to go back to his uh his alma
1: mater that's right you, you mentioned a couple yeah we had one other and so uh, kim brisky our uh, director of technology services for the last eight years she took a new role uh, around a month ago with the University of Minnesota. She's going to be the executive director of something called the Learning Network of Minnesota. And that is helping uh, the university system and the minsky system further develop remote learning opportunities in Minnesota's higher educational system. And so Kim made a tremendous amount of contributions to the district as director of technology services over the last uh, eight years, an outstanding member of our uh, leadership team and district staff. And we're thrilled for her that that anybody who knows Kim knows that that new job with the U is just right up her alley and she's going to do big things for the state. Um, When Kim left, uh, as you know, we're going to talk about uh, budget prioritization in just a moment here. Anytime we have uh, a single position uh, that leaves, so a person who's, that's the only job that we have like it in the district, we always take a look at it and say, is the structure that we have right now what we think is the best for us moving forward and so with our budget uh, prioritization process we looked where there are further efficiencies as you know we're a very lean district administratively we rank uh, 469th out of 502 public school districts or charter schools for how much we spend per pupil on administrative um, on administration Um, but we're always looking how can we provide administrative services in the most efficient way possible And so uh, we had a candidate internally who's been with the district for a long time. His name is Nate Knutson. Nate has been our network manager uh, for around a decade. He's been with the district since 2004. He's had a hand in nearly every single major technology initiative that we've had over the last two decades. He's an exceptional leader, and uh, he will now lead the technology services department as we merge the role of network manager and technology services director into one role so that department you know loses uh, one position but the combined position we believe uh, with nate's skill set we're also um, taking some of the duties that kim did and redistributing those into our instructional services department. So, again, more efficiency, and uh, Nate is, is an outstanding leader who is going to do great things in the technology services department. He's a master technician, a great relationship builder, um, and a very pragmatic leader in terms of getting things done. So we are very excited to have Nate join our leadership team in this capacity. Again, that's a merged role. We anticipate saving about $145,000 by merging those two positions.
0: A significant chunk of change right yes. there. let's talk about uh, some of those uh, you had mentioned uh, reorganizing the budget <clears throat> prioritizing the uh, budget over the course of well started a few weeks ago a couple of months back uh, and last night uh, that was a topic of a discussion at the school board meeting as uh, you mull over some of the adjustments you'll have to make in the uh, budget Boy, you know, whatever happens, there are going to be people who are passionate uh, about uh, the topic you're going to be talking about. And uh, you saw that last night.
1: Absolutely. And, Jeff, I would I would actually be upset if we didn't have people coming and advocating for the programs that are recommended for reduction. I think it's important for our listeners to know that... Um, It is so difficult to reduce a school budget, right, for a number of reasons. I think sometimes if you haven't been in a school recently, I think people may have perceptions, you know, about the kinds of services schools offer. They think back to when they were in school. Um, Sometimes people people have different value uh, bases. So they 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 may really value something and may not value something else as much. But the truth of the matter is, Jeff, that every single thing that we offer in our school district has value and meaning to people. There's nothing that we offer, no program or service that people don't, that there isn't someone in the community who says that's good for my kid or that's good for my neighbor or for my grandkid um, or for the kid who lives down the block. Uh, we run an efficient system and we everything that we have has value and is meaningful uh, to people in our community. And so... That's one of the things that makes budget adjustments so difficult. Uh, These are not value judgments on the quality of the program. Uh, It is a matter of we have a reality. Um, These programs are great for kids. uh, They're efficient and they're good for the taxpayers. However, we have the reality of what I've talked about for a long time now, uh, which is we have the reality of a demographic study that shows that we're going to have around 400 fewer students over the next 10 years. 70% 70% of our school district funding from the state is, ti- well, 70% of our funding is tied in some way, shape, or form to our student count. So as we, as we have fewer students, we're receiving fewer re- less revenue as a result of that. In addition, I will be careful about going on my normal solilo- soliloquy about state funding. Um, I've been on this radio station scores of times talking about how the state of Minnesota has not kept up with inflation uh, regarding the per-pupil basic formula. So we have chronic state underfunding. Uh, We have fewer students who are going to be coming uh, through our doors, which means less revenue over the next 10 years. And one of our core commitments is stewardship. And we need to provide an educational system that is great for kids and for families, but is also financially sustainable. And we're at a point where Uh, We are starting this process from a position of financial strength. As you know, our financial situation has been validated numerous times. Uh, Our management has been uh, validated numerous times by outside agencies, including most recently, once again, Standard & Poor's, who assigned the district the prestigious AA-plus bond rating. That's a metric of how they think the financial health of a school system is. Um, So we've managed the money well. The community has stepped forward and helped us numerous times. But we are at a point where we do need to act with a sense of urgency to make sure that our future budget aligns with the number of students that we're going to have. So some people might call it right-sizing, but I don't necessarily like that term because all of the things that we are proposing for reduction have value to folks in some way, shape, or form.
0: Now, let's... Let's talk about uh, last night. Yes. Were, uh, there were some uh, uh, points of discussion, as you did uh, draw a bit of a crowd who uh, vocalized yeah. uh, some of their... Now, last night, were, were the the actual recommendations, hey, we're looking, we wanted this, this one didn't stack up in our priority charts, we're going to have to cut this. Are they still open for discussion? Are you still working
1: on things? Yeah, absolutely. So you, I, I know that uh, uh, News Director Rich Larson has a, uh, the list of proposed reductions on your web- and I'm sure it'll be on there uh, with this story as well so there's about four and a half million dollars worth of budget adjustments and those are still open for discussion remember we had a group of 70 people come together they put the priorities together um, over four meetings administrators uh, put together a budget plan uh, those committees had a chance to give us feedback on those budget plans and share their per their what they believed was the most important uh, one to bring forward so we did have I would say that there are re- proposed reductions in um, in a number of different areas. The board heard them for the first time officially last night. Next Tuesday, May 3rd, from 5.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m., we're going to have a community forum at Northfield Middle School. People can come and they can hear a presentation. They can go into uh, classrooms and have an opportunity for a smaller group discussion. And then we'll have an opportunity for people to share their feedback, two-minute increments directly with the board. And then the board would vote on these finally on May 9th. Now, the list is too long to talk uh, with you about today, but I'm going to categorize it in, in a couple of different areas, the first of which are uh, what I would say is direct service uh, or full-time equivalent positions, and this covers a variety of areas through three different packages. There's an elementary service, there's an elementary package, a secondary package, and a district services package. Um, in the uh, both the elementary and the secondary package, uh, there is a proposal for some reductions in the FTE Um, of English language learner teachers. So we currently have 11.4 FTE of English language learner teachers, and we're proposing that that go to eight FTE. And that is to align with uh, the fewer number of students that we see qualifying for English learner services, as well as um, students seeing students qualify who need less intense services at this time. And so our current uh, ratio of EL teachers to students is one teacher for 20 students, This change would take that ratio from one uh, teacher to 28 students. And just for context, that still puts us in the bottom third of the big nine conference in terms of that ratio. There are a couple of other districts that are at one to 50 in terms of that ratio. So uh, that is one of the proposed reductions. Um, Some other areas uh, we are looking at um, uh, the portage program that we just started. Um, and so the, right now, the elementary Portage program is, was, is scheduled to be um, uh, reduced at the end of this school year. That serves about 31 students total uh, from the district. Uh, the secondary Portage program, again, the Portage is all the time online. That is uh, scheduled to uh, be reduced in the 23-24 school year. Not all of the proposed reductions are for the 22-23 school year. Um, we're going to look at can we do some additional marketing and grow that even more. We are looking at five FTE across the middle school and high school, and that will take a variety of different uh, perspectives. Uh, We are looking at discontinuing our partnership with uh, Randolph for the Ag Ed program. That's a partnership that we have. We had only 10 students participating in that day program this year. Um, We heard a lot of feedback last night, both about the English learner uh, proposal and the Ag proposal. So uh, that's some of the feedback that the board heard last night through public comment. There's also a number of other uh, areas. Um, Our high school uh, security and parking lot monitor position is scheduled to uh, be sunset in the 23-24 school year. Um, Moving from two media specialists in the district to one media specialist. Uh, There are some uh, co-curricular fee increases uh, to avoid some further reductions. There are some reductions in co-curricular, such as the cheerleading program that had uh, five students participate this past year chess club and one-act play, we're looking at moving those into community ed. So while they wouldn't come from the general fund, they would still be available to students uh, in the district. There's also a number of non-salary budgets. Um, and there are also positions that we're getting uh, doubly hit uh, because we're paying that for them with compensatory funding. And compensatory funding is tied to free and reduced price lunch counts. And as we've talked about before, we're seeing less people who are filling out the paperwork for free and re- reduced uh, lunch status. And that's not just about getting, uh, you know, um, complimentary or free meals. It also drives a number of formulas, Jeff. So we anticipate we're, we are not getting about three hundred to $350,000 in funding that we used to receive. I don't believe that there was a miracle and we have less poverty in Northfield now than we did before the pandemic. But because the federal government paid for free meals for students for the last couple of years, Despite a lot of heroic efforts by people in the community to get folks to complete the paperwork, you got to complete the paperwork to get the money. So I think you see we have these pressures coming uh, from all sides, Jeff. So that's, those are some of the pieces uh, that are, are on the list of proposed reductions. Um, people can, of course, go to the website and take a look at that list of proposed reductions. I know that Rich will have them uh, on uh, the website as well. We take no pleasure in these. This is incredibly difficult because these things impact our friends, they impact our neighbors, they impact our colleagues, and, of course, most of all, they impact our students. But this is the reality of the difficulty that we face. And um, this is my opportunity to say, if this is concerning to you, as it should be, uh, I encourage you to take a look at what's happening in St. Paul. A $9.3 billion, with a B, dollar surplus. We've talked a number of times about the special education cross subsidy, Jeff, $5 million of our general fund that's for required, morally imperative, but unreimbursed special education st- uh, services for students with disabilities. If the state simply covered that, um, $781 million to cover that across the whole state, that's they have 10 times more than that amount of money in the surplus. If we did that, the need to make these adjustments for Northfield drops drastically. So. If you are motivated, I encourage you to reach out and contact your legislatures and specifically asking for them to cover the special education cross subsidy in this session.
0: Back to these uh, recommendations, what do you, what is the timeline? Of course, we're, we're running up against the new school year, yeah, fiscal bet. school year coming up. Will this be at their next meeting? Will they decide yes. those and can they pick and choose which ones to do?
1: So what will happen, Jeff, is uh, again, we want to re- reiterate, we have this community forum next uh, Tuesday, May 3rd at Northfield Middle School, 530 to 830 p.m. for people to come and provide their feedback in a couple of different ways. And then we'll ask the board to vote on these on May 9th and we are looking to bring uh, each of the three packages to the board uh, for approval. And the board would be able to select and say, I would move to rem- uh, to remove a particular uh, line item from the budget uh, adjustment process. So uh, that is something that the board could certainly choose to do. Um, the final thing I wanna share is that we are leveraging one-time money. So uh, as I mentioned, there are some uh, programs that aren't slated for reduction until the 23-24 school year. We did A lot of school districts just spent their COVID relief funding. We saved ours, a lot of ours, not all of it. We saved quite a bit. We're spending about a million dollars of that to pay for positions next year that otherwise would have been reduced. And then I think the other thing for uh, listeners to know is that the board is going to consider reducing its fund balance goal. So we have a goal of having 16% of our expenditures in the bank uh, for financial stability. And uh, the board is going to consider either staying at 16%, considering moving to 15% or moving to 14%, each percent fund balance is around $600,000. That's not necessarily about right now. That's more about uh, the, the financial trajectory of the school district in terms of making sure we have a really quality rainy day fund, but at the, at the same time making sure that we're making judicious use of it in a time where we're seeing declining enrollment and chronic underfunding.
0: These uh, reductions in spending uh, that uh, you're talking about right now, is this only for the 22-23 school year? Are you looking beyond that? Will there be more cuts? Because the, the demographic study was over the course of
1: 10 years. Yes. This is this going to be ongoing? So our goal is our, our, we are proposing some reductions to be phased in over two years. Um, Our goal is to be able to do that now so that we can limit the budget adjustments, additional budget adjustments for the next several years. We want to avoid the year over year kinds of cuts that often happen to districts with declining enrollment. So we're trying to front load it, if you will, so that we can adjust our staffing to meet, to be a little bit ahead, if you will, of that reduction um, in uh, student population. Over the next 10 years, uh, if I had a crystal ball, I think we'd all be a lot wealthier here, Jeff, and we wouldn't need to make cuts because <laughs> we take care of this. I think that you know we are putting ourselves in a position to meet the reality of fewer students. Um, a lot of things can change over the next 10 years. Our goal is to try to do this to the best of our ability for at least a few years so we don't have to do year-over-year reductions. All right. Superintendent Hillman, anything else before we let you go? Just finally, um, to the community, I, I deeply regret that we have to take these actions. Uh, it is hurtful, frankly. And uh, these things really impact our community. But we've managed our money as well as we can for as long as we can. And we've done very well. But we have to take these actions now with a sense of urgency so we avoid having a financial emergency. We are the custodians of this gem of a school district. And uh, we are going to make sure that it is sustainable moving forward.
0: Thank you so much for being in with us. We certainly appreciate that. And we'll talk to you again uh, next week. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Superintendent of schools, Dr. Matt Hillman. We've got Tim coming up. News with a side of sports. Rich in one minute. Minnesota News Network on Brent Palm. A bill passed by the Republican-controlled Minnesota Senate aims to get tough on a crime. Brainerd Lakes area Senator Paul Gazelka. We need to send a message to the criminal that if you're carjacking, you're going to jail. If you're a felon with a gun and you have another felony with a gun, you're going to jail. But Roseville Democrat John Marty argues the bill's weak on crime prevention. This isn't tough on crime.